0: To episode one hundred and twelve of the Various of Sundry Podcast. I am your host, Matt Harmon, joined live from the Vault Studio on the beautiful campus of Grace College and Theological Seminary by my good friend, my colleague, my co-host, and the man who is ready for his spring break trip, John Scott Sloat.
1: Doc, what's happening?
0: Well, today, as we record on a Monday, we are in the midst of a February dare I say, heat wave? Uh, I think we call it a warm wave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Temperatures and, in the 50s. Yeah. Andrew and I went for a walk yesterday and we'll go today. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And probably tomorrow, depending on the rain. But then, of course, I looked at the forecast and realized by the end of the week, we're supposed to get more snow.
1: Yes. Yes. I think by next, by, I think by Friday,
0: it's supposed to be like single digits yeah. here. It's going to be cold. It's the big T's. Mm-hmm. It's the big T's. So... If you would like to get in touch with the podcast, you can find us on Twitter at VNSPod. You can email the show VariousAndSundryPodcast sundry at gmail dot com. You can find us on Facebook and on YouTube, Various and Sundry Podcast. And we would love for you to leave a rating and a review. Five, five star, five only, star, please. five star only reviews. Please. Yes, yes. And it's been a while. Yeah it, it's it's been a little bit. That's that's fair
1: to say. Yeah. We'd like yes. we'd like some people to step it up.
0: We would. We would. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's uh, let's let's talk a little sports. We're now in the post football window of sports. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, the Olympics ended this weekend. The Winter Olympics ended this weekend. As with the previous episode, I had I did not watch a single minute of it. I think. I mean, I I mean, flipping through, I might have caught like. Two minute segment of this, you yeah, know, and they so were
1: probably that, skiing of some kind, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Though I'm,
0: I, I, I clearly missed the, I missed the curling, and I missed the, um, it's the, it's the biathlon, right? That's the one where they ski and then they stop and then they shoot,
1: right? Yeah, right. Uh, which I learned that the, the, the Finns did and uh, killed off the Russian invaders in like the nineteen twenties or thirties. So. Okay. That's that's I think that's where that sport was born was the finish uh driving them
0: back. So. Yeah, so I'm going to have to lean on you for the uh for our winter olympics update.
1: Yeah, I I mean it's over. I think the stars or maybe not the stars but the stories of the olympics were um uh, China.
0: Oh yeah, by far. With
1: with you know a number of number of things happening in China right now. Yes. Uh, you know, we we don't need to enumerate geopolitics, although I think geopolitics may have been the, the big player. Uh, in the Russian doping scandal, uh, again, did you hear about this? Um, there was a – was it a figure skater? Figure skater. Uh, so uh, no one in w- – so a 15-year-old Russian girl lands in her team performance uh, uh, something called a quad from what I understand. And Is it's, that like four spins? Four spins. Okay. Uh, no woman had ever landed that before. Okay. She did it four times <laughs> okay. in, in one performance. That's impressive. Uh, so, yeah, ju- when you do something like that, you're just sort of going to be uh, ahead of everybody else, yeah. right? So yeah. she did that four times, won the gold, and then it came out that she was taking these doping drugs or what? Mm-hmm. what was. She was accused of doping. Okay. Uh, they uh, – the IOC met, and because of a loophole – They allowed her to continue to compete even though she was doping because she was a minor. (laughs) And so uh, the United States is outraged. I think the United States finished second or third Uh in that team event. Um, This 15-year-old went on to win gold again. Mm -hmm. And then in uh, another competition fell and finished fourth. Mm. So – I think those were the two big stories. It was it was yeah. China and Russia, of course.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: and, and I will say there there was an American downhill skier who fell in three of her five events, mm. and I don't believe medaled in the Olympics. Ouch! When she was supposed to win three or four gold medals. Mm. So that's rough. That was uh, that was quite sad.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's, I mean, part of what's unique about the Olympics is you get a shot every four years. Mm-hmm. And depending on the sport and how the cycle falls, you might get one shot. Yeah. One shot in your life at the sort of the crowning achievement athletically in your sport. Uh, unlike, you know, football and basketball where it's like, well, there's a ch- there's a champion crowned every year. Right. There's so you, always next year. There's always next year. With Olympic athletes, It's there's always four years from now, maybe not. Yeah.
1: They do have things like world championships and stuff but like doesn't that, have but it yeah. doesn't
0: have the same
1: cachet. Right. It doesn't. So. It doesn't.
0: So we can put a, put a bow on that. They had the closing ceremonies this last, last weekend, right? Yeah. yeah. Last, last night? Week. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, also, this weekend was the NBA All Star game. Did you catch any of that? I watched a little bit. It looked uninspired. <laughs> well, it always does. I mean, there's never any defense played until the. Last quarter now where they have changed to the Elam ending, which I, we've discussed this on the pod before, where instead of having a timed fourth quarter, they set a – they take whoever is winning and they added what? Was it, was it 20 points I think for the target score or something like that? Um, and, uh, and Team LeBron won the game on a – probably like a 20-foot turnaround fadeaway jumper by LeBron himself. So, nice. Nice. And apparently Steph Curry hit 16 threes and scored 50 points. Of course. Now, again, he's an amazing shooter. But let's just, you know, the defense may, you know, (laughs) let's just say the defense wasn't necessarily all that inspired when it comes to that. Um, Did I see LeBron come out and say
1: that he's going to spend the last year of his career with whatever team his son is on?
0: I didn't hear that. I I thought I heard that. I didn't see that.
1: That he was going to spend whatever. You know, they were going to get Brawny, which is his. Which is that a nickname or a
0: name? I'm pretty sure it's a nickname. Okay,
1: wherever Brawny is Uh at is where he's going to spend his final year.
0: Now he's a high school senior this year. No,
1: I don't know. I don't know how old he is. Or maybe he's younger than that.
0: Maybe he's a junior. I don't. Yeah. So two, three years away. I think so. Because I think go he's straight. got one more year of high school. No, no, no. You, you can't go straight anymore, can you? I, mean, I think you can, though. No. Yeah, you can go straight to the, to oh, the yeah. league. I think he goes straight to the league.
1: Really? I think they changed it uh, the year after Zion.
0: Hmm. Okay. In any case, we're. I, I think we're at least a you know a couple years away from that. But mm-hmm. but that'll be interesting. Um, second half of the NBA season, things obviously pick up. It'll be interesting to see how the big trade plays out in terms of. Ben Simmons to the Nets, James Harden to the Sixers. Yep, uh, to see how that affects both those teams, the kind of the power balance of the uh, of the Eastern Conference there for sure. Um, the Lakers are a dumpster fire, so um, mm. I wanted to talk about college basketball and. Um, We're going to focus on one story.
1: Okay. You saw this live, right? I did not. So I saw the clip on Twitter. So I'm interested to see
0: the difference. Yes. Okay. So uh, this was Michigan at Wisconsin yesterday afternoon, Sunday afternoon. So up in Madison. Up in Madison. Very difficult place to play. Wisconsin's a good team, and they always play really well at home. And they defensive team, right? Yep. Historically? Yeah. Uh, And they got a guy on their team, Johnny Davis, who will probably be a – I don't know how NBA projections are working at this point, but he'll be a first-round pick, a guard. Okay. Like he, he's, he's really good. And um, so anyway, Wisconsin took it to Michigan pretty good. They're up like 15 points with like a minute left. Uh, both teams basically emptied their bench. And that's sort of the sign of like, OK, we're done, right? Well – Michigan continues to to full court press, so Wisconsin gets the ball in bounds and they're um, they're in danger of getting the 10-second count for the backcourt violation. So in college basketball, if you call a timeout, the count resets, so that you know even if you've taken nine seconds, call the timeout, you get a fresh ten seconds now to get it across. Okay, half court. Is that different in the NBA? I believe so. Okay. I believe so. So um, Wisconsin calls timeout. This clearly annoys Michigan's coach, Juwan Howard. Very much annoys him. Hmm. So Wisconsin inbounds the ball, and Michigan decides to immediately foul. There are 15 seconds left. They're down 15. They immediately foul. So Wisconsin, you know, shoots the free throws. Clock runs out. And they go to do the you know the handshake lines, um, and so typically in college basketball it's the head coaches who lead the charge in that. Often in high school basketball it's the opposite. High school coach. coaches tend to go to the back of yeah, the line. Yeah. College coaches go to the front. Anyway, well, Juwan Howard goes to the back of his line, which you know maybe he's trying to kind of cool himself down before he interacts with the Wisconsin head coach. So. The Wisconsin coach gets to him at the end of the line, and Jawan Howard is clearly going to do the like basically the no look. I'm going to extend my hand, but we're going to shake hands and not even talk. Good game, thing. good game, good game. Yeah, yeah. the silent treatment basically. Mm-hmm. Well, they they have the handshake, and Jawan Howard's not even looking at the Wisconsin coach. So the Wisconsin coach holds the handshake, doesn't release it, so he can get Jawan Howard's attention. And he he's clearly asking something like, "Hey, what's the deal?" Like what? Like, and then that just sort of like triggers Jawan Howard, and he is like hmm. yelling at the Wisconsin coach, wow. clearly upset by the, you know, how it was played at the end of the end of the game, and it's getting pretty heated. So they're they're ye- and Jawan Howard's like six nine, six ten. The Wisconsin coach looks like a very ordinary middle aged man of like, you know maybe six foot two height, you know, okay. like not short, but clearly at a significant size disadvantage to Jawan Howard. So Jawan Howard and is probably towering, reach
1: yeah, disadvantage
0: as well. Is, is towering over him and pointing his finger basically like in the face of the Wisconsin coach. So then you get the assistants involved. So they're trying to separate them and they're yelling back and forth. And after a couple of seconds, clearly one of the Wisconsin uh Assistant coaches must have said something that completely uh, got under Juwan Howard's skin, so he decides he t- he he takes a swing at the Wisconsin assistant coach and connects and hits he? him in the head. Now it was sort of a kind of punch slash open hand, but I like hit him like up on the side of the head, like back by okay. the ear or something. Okay. And then, of course, that gets a whole thing going where you got players pushing and shoving, and coaches like it. It 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 was scary for a little while there, but nothing uh, like a good old fashioned coach fight. Yes, yes.
1: So, um, so what in that situation? What's what's going to happen? Is is
0: Jawan Howard fired? Suspended? Uh, he's going to get suspended. I thought I saw something, and this could be I could be wrong about this, but I thought I saw something quickly that the Big 10 can only suspend him up to like two games or something which seems if that's right that seems crazy like why can't the Big 10 like suspend him for half the season if they want or whatever like
1: <laughs> it's funny to me that they have a policy for coach fighting <laughs> that that under under punishes coaches yeah.
0: and then you know but the university can do whatever it wants beyond that so i haven't seen as we're we're recording on monday afternoon so I'm guessing by the time this actually airs on, uh, gets up, you know, is publicly accessible, that we will have announced what the punishment is. But uh, Juwan Howard's a bit of a hothead. He got into it with the Maryland coach last year, and was overheard screaming after the game as they were shouting back and forth, "I will effing kill you." Hmm. So this okay. is not his first rodeo when it comes to the uh, getting into it with other coaches. Yeah,
1: thanks, thanks for abbreviating there so we don't have to put the explicit rating on this episode. <laughs> yes.
0: Yes. Uh, yeah. So it, that was just a fascinating little uh, little experience. You know, I, I was watching the game and it almost clicked over to another game because, you know. It was over. It's over. Like, yep. actually over. Like, the clock had run out. And then, you know, that happens. Like, what? Oh, whoa. He threw a punch. You don't mm-hmm. see that very often. So... Um, any f- any news or, or hope on the major league baseball front here, John? Uh, so the only thing going on
1: in major league baseball is this week. There, I think is the week where negotiations really intensify. Mm-hmm. So my understanding is they are in Jupiter, Florida, right now. Players, owners, commissioner, mm-hmm. and they're supposed to. I think they started meetings at noon today to to really hammer out something. I know if it goes into probably the end of next week, they're going to delay the start of the season is the plan. Because you still have you know, a handful of players who uh, are free agents. So you need yeah. a free agency period. Mm-hmm. You then need an abbreviated spring training, and then you can start the regular season. Yeah. So um, hopefully this week they get something hammered out. I know uh, the commissioner throughout end of February is sort of the drop date. I imagine if it's March 3rd, they'll still start the season on time. Right. That's some of my thinking. But that's all that's going on in MLB right now as of Monday afternoon at what is it, one thirty eight PM Eastern Standard Time.
0: Yes. Okay.
1: Twenty twenty two. Year right. of our Lord, you know.
0: <laughs> okay. Yes. Well, uh speaking of the boys of summer, wow. it's time for us to move on to our main topic. What a transition. I try.
1: Man. Do you have a degree in broadcasting by chance? I actually do. Yeah. So um,
0: <laughs> you sent me this article, um, an op-ed piece by uh, – it's by Andrew Yang, right? Yep.
1: Ran for president and mayor of New York City. I, he's a politician, but I don't know that he's ever held an office, <laughs> right? He's, he's like one of these professional run for office but never
0: win office sort of sort I of see. guys. Okay. Well, that's one way to make a living I guess. Um, so he wrote this op-ed piece in the Washington Post, uh, based on a study uh, that, or really, is it it's more than one study? I guess he's he's kind of pulling data from all over the place uh, when it comes to this issue. the The op-ed piece is entitled "The Data Are Clear: The Boys Are Not All Right."
1: And that's proper grammar, right? The it data is. are clear. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That throws me for a loop. It
0: sounds wrong to my ear. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. So, okay, John, summarize. Kind of let's let's go big picture, and then we'll dive into maybe some of the statistics that he highlights about uh, that kind of back up his case.
1: Yeah. His uh, the article, which is quite short. If you're looking for a for a short afternoon read, or you know, whenever you read. Um, Especially compared
0: to the David Brooks article we compared, did, oh, <laughs> discussed gosh. a couple weeks ago, it was yeah. so long.
1: So I have an app on my Google Chrome that removes all the pictures and uh-huh. advertisements yeah. from web pages so that they can print nicely. Mm-hmm. The David Brooks article was still like twelve pages. <laughs> I know. This is two. Yeah. Um, so Andrew Yang basically says and pulls from different sources that uh, males—I'll use that term instead of men or boys—but both of the males mm-hmm. are struggling in a number of categories. Yeah, whether it's going to college, finding romantic partners, um, f- holding jobs. Quite frankly, mm-hmm. uh, and his argument is that these, uh, you know, we have a societal issue with men, and because men are failing, society will be hurt by this. Yeah. If we can fix this, society will be helped
0: by this. Yeah, is that I, a fair? I think that's fair. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And and just to be clear. Um, Andrew Yang is not a not an evangelical, not a Christian. Yeah, I don't. I don't I, think so. I have, no, we have no reason to think he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is this is coming from a very uh, from a completely secular perspective when it comes to his approach. Which that's not a criticism. That's just to help you understand where he's coming from. That's just the facts. <laughs> we're we're gonna enter into this discussion in some ways, obviously, and we're gonna uh, we will bring obviously our own. Uh, what we hope is biblical and Mm -hmm. uh, theological perspective to this as well. So, um, yeah, so there's a number of stats in here uh, that I thought would be helpful just to kind of highlight. The first one, boys are more than twice as likely to be – more than twice as likely as girls to be diagnosed with ADHD. Now, I think we would both want to put the caveat in that we both are – pretty sure that that is overdiagnosed to some degree. Yeah, certainly. Um, But, uh, you know, you could maybe dismiss that, but boys are five times more likely to spend time in a juvenile detention center. Hard to call that one overdiagnosed. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Uh, (laughs) Less likely to finish high school again. That's just hard data. Yeah, just a fact. Um, And then, so that's on the boy side of thing. And then as men, as they grow up into men, uh, unfortunately, it doesn't improve, and and this is a stat that I think might surprise some people. It doesn't surprise us because this is the world we live in, that men make up only forty point five percent of college students. Yes. So basically, the mm-hmm. on a typical college campus, there are, you know, out of five, if you have five students, two of them are are men, three of them are women. Yeah, that's the percentages. And that ties with our experience here. Yeah, I think so. I, I don't think our number is quite there. Are, aren't we a little closer to maybe like are we at 60-40 here? Or maybe 55-45? I think proportion? it's closer to 60-40. Is it? I okay. think so. You you have more, you know more about those statistics. Than I haven't I do. looked
1: at those numbers in a long time. and yeah. that's just me trying to eyeball the situation.
0: Yeah. So, um let's see here. Uh, Median wages for men have declined since 1990 in real terms, which, you know, realistically, that might be true for women as well. I'm not sure. But um, one third of men, this is a staggering number. One third of men are either unemployed or out of the workforce.
1: That's wild to me. One third. One third. I imagine that's 18 and up.
0: Right. And, and again, of course, some of that's going to account for retirement and sure. like you know so yeah. it's not like there's a 33% unemployment rate but in terms of like if you take all the men from 18 and up uh, that's I think that's probably how they're getting that and then um, this this was the showstopper to me this next stat this was the wow more us men ages 18 to 34 are now living with their parents than with romantic partners. I know that there's a good percentage of men in that 18 to 34 window who are living at home. Yep, That didn't surprise me. I would not have suspected that that number was more than the number of men living with their romantic partners. And I'm sure that that encompasses also – living together, so not just, like, married.
1: Absolutely. I think when you have romantic partner, I think that and implies I, that. I'm yeah.
0: also assuming that that accounts for homosexual uh, relationships as well. I think so. So I think yeah. they're using the broadest category oh, possible. Uh, that was a showstopper to me. Well, it it
1: jives really well with a uh, article I read in The Atlantic, oh, gosh, probably two or three years ago, where, where it said that uh, – Millennials and Gen Z are just simply less intimate with uh, the other sex than than any other generation that's that's come before them.
0: Hmm. Yeah, a lot of uh, and this article goes on to talk more about some uh, some other data, in particular uh, losses in manufacturing jobs since uh, two thousand, and how that disproportionately hits men compared to women traditionally. Yeah.
1: Uh, they also, he also says many boys are growing up raised by single mothers share yes. more than doubling between 1980 and 19 or excuse me, 2019. Yes. From 18% to
0: 40. Yeah. That's, that, that's just wild to think about.
1: Uh, and here was, here was one of my favorite uh, research shows that one significant factor women look for in a partner is a steady job. Yeah. Like that's not assumed. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's sought after. Right. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, part of what strikes me as interesting is that he goes on to say, "Yeah, it's so he's he's making this big case of how you know it's things aren't great for boys and men in our culture," and then he feels like he has to to sort of circle back and go, "Well, we all know men have had social advantages over women, and in some ways continue to be treated favorably," um, but then you know, so he has to feel feel he has to throw that caveat in before he's like. Yeah, but this is this is not good. This like, is still problematic, right? Yeah. Even if you, even with those assumptions, even if you grant those assumptions, mm-hmm. yes. Um. So, yeah, I think. Um, I mean, there's more here. Obviously, he's got some suggestions in terms of how to fix it, or e- even that I would say it, it. There's it's really pretty thin on suggested solutions other than, hey, we should try to spend some more money on these kinds of programs yeah. or you know that kind of stuff, but. Um. Yeah. So, how do you respond to this article? I mean, I think you kind of hinted at it to some degree, but do you? Does this resonate with your experience when it comes to? Um. I mean, you're on you're on the upper end of that eighteen to thirty four. You're yeah. I'm, well, I'll say my age on the pot. I'm okay with that.
1: Um, <laughs> I'm getting ready to turn thirty four in April. So yeah, I'm at the I'm at the tail tail end there. Right. Um, yes, I. I mean, w- one thing that I go, oh, this thing is missing is video games. You know, you know that 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 to, that to me is like the glaring missing yeah. piece of this is like, my goodness. Toward so I was a resident director for four years. I oversaw men yeah. in a dormitory. Mm-hmm. You know, I um, basically lived with them and the thing that I think threw me off the most is in that four year period the first two years I would walk around there was social things happening on the hall the last two years I would walk around and everybody was in their in their dorm room playing video games yeah um, and that that seems to me to be at least maybe not certainly not the whole cause of the issue but mm-hmm. certainly part of the problem so yeah I, I think this resonates with me in a lot of ways like I, like I See a lot of this from our our young men. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, does it does it resonate with you having two boys that would fit this category as well?
0: Though they're on the bottom end of that, they're on the
1: bottom end of this of yes. that uh,
0: window. There, uh, a twenty three year old and a twenty and a year old. Um, Though they both have birthdays coming up, so they'll add a year. But um, oh yeah, the Masters. That's right. <laughs> yes, <laughs> indeed, indeed. Um. So. Yeah, I think um I think in looking at the guys that I'm familiar with when it comes to them recently graduating or in their upper years in college, um I certainly think that this resonates to some degree. Um I I, I wonder um I think your point about video games is a good one. Um I find myself thinking, though, okay. So let's let's grant that this is a real issue. and I think we both would agree this is real. Like mm-hmm. that the Yang has hit on a on a an obvious problem. Um, I want to think about how how do you even begin to address this? Do you want to start with the more like? And I I kind of think of it in two realms. Our interest in the church, mm-hmm. like how should we as leaders within the church? People in positions of ministry, how do we, you know, maybe think about this, address this, and then I think we could also think more broadly, culturally in society, are there things that you would want to do? Uh, let's let's start local and then
1: move broad. Okay. Uh, so, give me your ideas for the church. I'm curious.
0: Well, I think um, I would want to see. Uh, I think a lot of churches have. You know, youth ministries and things like that, um, I think it would be potentially very beneficial to have older men involved in discipling hmm. some of those youth group kids. Because typically what, my, what it seems like happens is, is you have like the college kids or like early post-college age helping out with the youth group, discipling, that sort of thing. And that's great that they want to do that. I'm not diminishing that. Yeah. But it might be helpful to have even older men being able to invest in the lives of some of these boys and steering them towards um, you know, helping them think through situations they experience, encouraging them, being involved in their lives. And also it seems like part of the issue is uh, a, a, a f- the the issue of fatherlessness, mm-hmm. both in the church and in the culture. And I would extend that concept to, to even beyond those who have, you know, biological dads who might be in the home, but are passive, are wrapped up in their work, or just aren't really that involved in their kids' lives, or are involved in unhealthy ways when it comes to um, – you know, putting pressure on kids in terms of sports or performance or that sort of thing—that that becomes unhealthy as well. Yeah,
1: can drive a wedge yeah. there between them, for yeah. sure. Um, yeah, at the at the church level, I like what you said about um, having older men involved in youth group kids' lives. I, I I don't think it has to necessarily be in the context of a of a youth group meeting. Agreed. I, I, I'd love to see uh, some of them some of those. Teenagers specifically get plugged mm-hmm. into some small groups and some adult Sunday school classes and, uh, and even just uh, seeking out mentoring um, from, mm-hmm. from older men. I think one thing that, that helps us is discipleship. Yeah. Uh, I, I do think if discipleship is happening at the local church, I think some of these things, mm-hmm. uh, th- there is a responsibility that is caught in the midst of that. Uh, yeah. That, uh, that I think is good and helpful.
0: Agreed. Um, I also think um, that uh, I I feel like this happens to some degree in some places, but this could be more universally practiced. Um, I think it would be good for those who preach and teach, especially in terms of preaching, to more specifically address challenges that young boys Mm-hmm. And young girls as well. But like uh, I, I think sometimes when it comes to the preaching of God's word in the Sunday morning service, sometimes the application is just focused on adults mm-hmm. and kind of def- and defaults into some very predictable categories. It ends up being oriented towards becoming a better husband. Being a better wife, having a better marriage, being a better parent, and and I'm not saying don't apply the text to those situations, but I think sometimes there can be whole categories of people within that Sunday morning service who are completely missed by application, and it's not just you know young boys or even young men, it it, it can be singles. Yeah. You know, I've had this conversation oh, yeah. before about how that's a glaring weakness in a lot of church contexts where uh there's just very little direct application applied from the from the message to young men and women who are single. Yeah. Um and so I think there can be more intentionality on that uh from that from that perspective as well. Um and I think it, that discipleship piece is key. Mhm. It really is. Um and I know that that's often difficult in a lot of churches to get men, older men, to invest their time in those ways. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, I will say, you know, I was having a, a conversation with a colleague here. He's a local pastor, small church, and came to me and said he's starting like a men's leadership Bible study thing, you know, looking, mm-hmm. looking for looking down the road to elders in the future. I think mm-hmm. he's trying to create that pipeline, which is a good thing. You know, yeah, that's, that's a 100%. smart thing to do. He scheduled it for Sunday night in uh, like November December as he was going to start these things. I'm like, dude, you're crazy. Um, men are not going to come out during Sunday night football. It's just it's yep. just not going to happen. Yep. Uh He's a small small church pastor. He had like 12 or 15 guys show up, and they all articulated starving for friendship, mm-hmm. starving for uh, to to uh, to be led to engage in, in Bible study and those different things like. Mm-hmm. I think there's more of an appetite out there, but I think men do have to be asked. Like, yes. Like, like I think men need to be approached and specifically not an announcement but specifically requested.
0: Yes. I, I, I think that is largely true. Um, I mean I I occasionally get a, a a young man who will initiate with me and say, I'd really like to be mentored. Can we meet on a regular basis? Mm-hmm. To just talk about what's going on in my life, you know the the challenges I'm facing as as a young man, as a husband, maybe even as a fa- as a young father, like those kinds of things, or challenges in ministry, or just those sorts of things. But I think you're right that the vast majority of young men need to be asked. Mm-hmm. They're not going to take the initiative themselves, typically. Mm-hmm. Again, there are some exceptions out there. Um, but i understand how that can make things that can feel awkward you know sure. even for the older guy like and and it doesn't have to be here's what i think it doesn't have to be this kind of like programmatic thing either it, it can be as simple as an older man just striking up trying to strike up a friendship with a younger guy hey let's go grab lunch on tuesday or something hey let's let's get coffee or you know just something that feels very informal but there's an intentionality on the part of the older man to uh to be involved in that guy's life.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Do you want to go big picture? Yeah. Uh what do, what do you think societally? I mean the the first thing that comes to mind for me is like I think I think fathers in the home. Yes. What would fix a lot. I don't know I don't know necessarily how to fix that.
0: Yeah. Um again i think some of this is going to end up being uh you know you're pushing against a pretty significant cultural tide um and i think uh you know there is definitely a it's easier and easier only continually more e- easier and easier to um to just abdicate your responsibilities as a father mm-hmm. um But I would also say, and I don't know how to fix this, though. That's, that's like, there is such a thing as what's labeled toxic masculinity. I think there is such a thing. But I think, unfortunately, what happens is there's a lot that's not toxic masculinity that's lumped into the category of toxic masculinity. So, um, I think our culture needs to have a more open conversation about uh, about masculinity, and, and and here's the challenge: we're not going to come to any sort of agreement because everyone gets to define it for themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, so if we as Christians come along and say we think that this is kind of the picture of masculinity from from scripture, and even talk in very general terms, you know, that doesn't mean that you have to be. You know this really brute, strong dude who works with his hands, like you know, yeah,
1: that likes to fight and chug beer, and exactly,
0: yeah, yeah. But um, I do think biblically, you can say uh, men are supposed to be initiators. Mm -hmm. Men are supposed to be protectors at some level, and but even saying those very things, depending on what who you're having a conversation with, are labeled as well. That's toxic masculinity. You're basically advocating for. Yeah. No, I'm just saying I think biblically speaking, it seems like that's a. those are some basics that we should be able to say. I think that's that's part of being masculine. Part of being a man is doing these things. How it looks can vary greatly from culture to culture. And we always have to be aware of how our culture shapes our perspective on what masculinity is. But it seems like any attempt to state a transcendent standard of masculinity – is immediately met with well you can't do that
1: well and there, it, certain aspects can be taken way too far well, I, sure I, I think that's uh, part of it as well, right right like we could say like well there's this and they'll go well, what about this and they're like ten steps down the road and I'm, eh, mm-hmm. no no we'll keep it we'll keep it here you know
0: yeah but, yeah So yeah I, I don't know I don't know in terms of from a bigger picture society or culture, I don't know how to fix that other than to invest in the church and try to make the church different mm-hmm. and try to make the church a place where these things are less common or are specifically addressed and help is provided yeah. to encourage and grow young boys and young males into godly men. Yeah. But – I and to, to, to hope – that the church could offer the alternative vision that the culture would at some point look at and go huh that's different
1: that seems to be working
0: that's yeah. that seems to be actually a good thing that's got my attention what what are you guys doing how does that work but i don't know that you know again this is probably me and more of my small government i don't believe that government <laughs> probably can solve this particular right. issues now i'm not i'm not opposed to Looking at um, certain trends in society and seeing are there government policies that are actually counterproductive to this that should be changed? Mm-hmm. You know, I think there can be arguments made for um, you know sometimes the way that welfare can be structured is actually undermining to people taking personal responsibilities in certain ways, and that could be a factor in in, sure. in certain contexts like this. So,
1: um. And that's – I think that's where I depart with Yang in a lot of ways. Like Yang tends to be a big government guy, wants to mm-hmm. see more social programs, those sorts of things. I, I think I would generally speaking want to see less. Um, but yeah.
0: Yeah, I think you know if if people are in ministry or even just non-ministry people, I think part of the value of an article like this is to raise awareness of the issues. hmm and, you know, there's a there's a segment of the population that will just sort of look at those numbers and just sort of laugh and ridicule like, you know, back in my day, men were men. And, you know, like, well, these people can't handle it. You know, this is sort of the snowflake sure. comment kind of thing of like, you know, we'll just man up, you know, go get yourself a job. Just, you know, suck it up and do something, you know, like and, and sometimes that is part of the answer. Like, I'm not saying take that entirely off the table. Sometimes a a young man just needs to be told, "You're being lazy right now. Get off your rear end. Go get a job. Pay your bills, and start learning some responsibility." Some young men need to hear that very message. Mm -hmm. But that's not the one size fits all solution to this. Right. You know, it's one thing to say that and say, "Okay, well, what kind of jobs are available? Is that job going to pay for your rent?" Is that job going to provide for you know your basic needs, you know, so you know I, I just say that is that can be a one size fits all or, or even
1: even learning how to behave at a job yeah. is, is something that young men and, and young women need, need to learn. Mm. You know, uh, those are th- those can be hard lessons.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: And, and don't don't lend themselves to the suck it up, Nancy sort of <laughs> sort of speech.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, On that note, you ready to move on? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This day in sports history.
1: Yeah. So in uh, 1962, Philadelphia center Wilt Chamberlain, sorry, our chaplain was calling me. Uh, Wilt (laughs) Chamberlain set an NBA record with 34 free throw attempts. Only made 19. Not great. No. Uh, In the Warriors, 139-121 win over the St. Louis Hawks.
0: Okay. Now look at that score, by the way. 139-121. 139-121. Yeah. 62, that feels high. <laughs> there was no three-point shot at that point in <laughs> yeah. the league. 139-121 and no three-pointers. Yeah. Not a lot of defense. Not a lot of defense. Okay. Uh, 1980,
1: the Miracle on Ice. U.S. hockey team beats the heavily favored Soviet Union. Uh, 4-3 in Lake Placid, uh, New York. One of the biggest upsets in Olympic
0: history. Yes. And, uh, and a good movie. Yes. And oftentimes misremembered because it wasn't the gold medal game. Yeah, it was the- It was uh, the semifinals. Mm-hmm. And I th- then they went on to beat, was it Sweden or Finland? It was one of the Nordic countries yeah. that they beat in the actual gold medal game. I want to say it was Finland. I do too. Yeah. Um, yes, Al Michaels, famous, do, do you, you believe in miracles? miracles? Yep.
1: Yes. Uh, 2019, so just a couple of years ago, Yeah. Uh, Robert Kraft- Owner of the NFL team, the New England Patriots, uh, charged with soliciting prostitution as a part of a human trafficking sting operation in Jupiter, Florida. Yes. Well, how did that all
0: play? I don't remember because he still, obviously he still owns the owns the Patriots. Sure. I don't. I yeah. I don't remember. I don't remember. I mean, I obviously, I remember there being publicity around this, but I don't remember how him. I don't know if he got fined, if he, yeah, yeah, he probably just, you know, pleaded it down to some sort of, you know, misdemeanor and.
1: Something know. wants to, something inside me and, and I don't have any evidence, but it tells me that he got off, like he was not charged. Okay. But I, that's reaching back in the
0: cobwebs. I don't, I don't Probably because remember. he was connected with Jeffrey Epstein. Is that? Probably. probably. <laughs> Speaking of places we don't want to go. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. I, I think there's an obvious choice on this list.
1: Yes, uh, I'm going to say The Miracle on Ice. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Okay. Um, For sure. Okay. One thing you liked. Uh, Andrew and I watched this. And I guess we're in a – I mentioned a con uh, the show. The Tinder Swindler. Yeah, a few weeks ago. <laughs> um, uh, this one was uh, Inventing Anna on Netflix. Have you seen this or heard of, a, of the, the no. Soho Influencer or Sinfluencer is what she was called? No. Uh, she came to America uh said she was a German heiress and was a, behaved as a socialite in New York City. Okay. Uh she eventually went to jail cuz she had no
0: money. Okay.
1: And this chronicles her whole story.
0: So is this like a series then or like a documentary series? Yeah, the-
1: it's it's a series. So they they take some creative liberties. Uh, But the core story is true that she uh, basically went around New York City, uh, staying at thousand dollar a night hotels for free by telling everybody that she was a German heiress. Mm -hmm. She got all this free stuff, uh, put it on other people, and it all came to a head when she rented a plate or she she took three friends with her and they went to one of the most exclusive resorts in the world in Morocco. Mm-hmm. And they stayed there 10 days and her credit card got declined. And her friend who worked at Vanity Fair, she just thought, oh, they just need it for a hold. I need to work out something with my bank. Will, will you, will you uh-huh. just use your credit card and put it on a hold? Uh, flew back to the States. She never heard from her again. <laughs> and had, I think it was $67,000 in charges on her work credit card.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow.
1: So if you love a good con, it, you know, <laughs> like the whole time I'm just very uncomfortable. Uh, but her, like she was crazy on uh, social media and all sorts of stuff.
0: Okay. I, I see a trend developing here.
1: I know. I love a good con. <laughs> I love cons, I suppose. But
0: Okay.
1: How about yourself? Well, uh,
0: mine's going to be completely different.
1: Okay. What so, is the opposite of cons? <laughs>
0: um, well, I don't know if it's the opposite, but um so I a few weeks ago bought something on Amazon that was that's proved very handy. It's okay. a portable tire inflator. Do you have this issue with your tires? They lose air during the winter and so when, you need to add When it gets cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah when you so you need to add. So I got sick of having to stop at the gas station or paying to to use the yeah. air. So I bought a portable. That's uh, it. Re- it recharges through a like a USB. Oh, okay, and um, it does a great job of inflating the tires. That's great. Set the amount of pressure you want in it, and it does it at a reasonable pace. You know, it's not this like massive air compressor. Yeah. So it's going to take a little bit, but um, it saves the. Inconvenience of having to stop at the gas station or that sort of thing. So. See,
1: I do have an air compressor. You do. So, so I'm able to just zip, zip, zip. Yes. Yeah. I don't have one of those. Yeah. So this is this was a, a
0: good deal on Amazon. So. Yeah. No, that's cool. I'm I am trying to exercise dominion over the tires <laughs> of my car. Uh, we've actually used my air compressor
1: at your house before. Do you remember that we were putting? Uh, was that for mol- the hardwood floors? We were putting the molding back on oh, after we did the right, tile. After the yep.
0: tile. Yes. 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 I remember that now. I remember that now. All right. We should probably wrap this up, don't you think? Uh, Yes. Okay. So uh, we have talked Olympics, NBA All-Star Game, Michigan's coach wanting to rumble, uh, the boys not being all right, and the miracle on ice. We've talked about John Sloat's fascination with con – I was going to say con men, but con people. Con – con Con artists. That's the term. Yeah, for con, con artists. artists. There we yes. go. Yes, and uh, the portable tire inflator. I mean, uh, I think we've kind of, by definition, hit the various and sundry topics. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right, so we're calling Mission Accomplished, which means all that's left to say is until next time, the Lord bless you all real good. Later.